When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 175 of the show, and we really want to give a big, giant squeeze and a bunch of high fives to all of you awesomes. We are wrapping up the year of the awesome here on Sorta Awesome, and I really and truly wish that. I could just track every single one of you down, maybe show up on your doorstep, (laughs) give you a big hug, as creepy and stalkerish as that might be. But I really do want to say thank you guys so much for coming along with us this year, really uncovering what it means to be an awesome. We have learned so much this year, everything from like how to create a warm and welcoming home for entertaining others with the flair of Julia Child, to how to navigate conversations about race, how to show up in loving, supportive ways with people who are coming out. We've talked about grief and infertility, and we've shared some of our most awesome finds with you, as we always do. We've shared some of our favorite memories and some of our more scandalous (laughs) ones. And look at you, Rebecca. (laughs) Still recovering from some of that. We have had so many amazing people come to Sorta Awesome this year, like Gretchen Rubin and Jamie Ivey, KJ Delantonia. Oh my gosh, you guys, we have had so much awesome in 2018. So really, thank you, every single one of you for coming along with us and learning with us and growing with us throughout 2018. I hope that as you look back on this year of the awesome, you're thinking of the ways that you became stronger and smarter and more social. If you're like me and you like to take a walk down memory lane at the end of the year, don't forget that you can find show notes for every single one of our episodes of Sorta Awesome when you go to sortaawesomeshow.com slash show notes. All right. Well, we're only like two minutes into the show and I'm already feeling very sentimental. This is the time of year when I get so reflective and I really like to rope my friends into talking about the year with me. So I always get so giddy about these episodes. I love our year end favorite lists and I absolutely always love getting together with my very smart, very funny and thoughtful co-hosts for these year-end episodes. So that means I do have here with me the very smart and savvy Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. Hello. And of course, the big sister that we all wish that we had, Ms. Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Meg. We are going to spend today talking about all of our favorites in listening, in reading, and watching from 2018. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute. But first... Let's do go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. But in the spirit of reflecting back on 2018, each of us are going to sort of revisit our awesomes from the whole year and share with you all which of our awesomes of the week have really, you know, they've like really held up. They've stood the test of time. They've really continued to help us and provide more awesome to our lives throughout the year. So we're going to look back on all of those awesomes that we've shared. And each of us have picked some of our favorites to talk about. So Kelly, let's go ahead and start with you. Which of your awesomes of the week from 2018 has really held up? So I went back to look at the awesomes that I had chosen over the year. And there are so many good ones, you guys. But here is the thing that will not surprise any awesome who has ever listened to me on Sorta Awesome, that the two that stood out to me were both recipes. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Totally on brand for you. (laughs) Exactly. It's about food. So I had to pick two because both of these have really stood the test of time. They will be in my future repertoire 
for a long, long time to come. But the one that stood out the most, because we have now come full circle in the calendar year, is a recipe that I mentioned back in February on episode 132. It was slow cooker chicken tortilla soup. And of course, the reason why it's come back around is that we are now back in soup season. Yes, we are. So it has like reemerged from my recipe box and I am making it again. And you guys, it's so good and it's so easy and it's so healthy. I just cannot say enough about this kind of a soup, which you can throw in a crock pot early in the day, probably could adapt it for an Instant Pot. I don't know. I'm not on the Instant Pot bandwagon, but it's so easy and so good. I just love that one. And then the other one is the marinated green bean and artichoke salad that I talked about back in the summer. We actually talked about it in August on another group show was episode 158, where you just take all these wonderful summer things like fresh green beans and tomatoes and some onion, and then you just use a jar of marinated artichoke hearts. I get mine at Trader Joe's and you dump that in and that's your salad dressing. So you don't have to do a whole lot of other things and you put in mozzarella balls. Of course, I'm not making that right now because right, no <laughs> the deepest, fresh green winter. Beans. Right, right, exactly. Nothing I mean, I fresh get, to be found. <laughs> honestly, you know, this is the way it is today. I could get some at Costco if I wanted to go get some fresh green beans and blanch them and get some cherry tomatoes. It's not the same, you guys. I Just like yeah. I can't eat soup in the summer, I can't eat a, a salad like that in the winter as much as I love it. So I'll just look forward to having it again in 2019 in the summer. But for now the awesome that has come right back around is that slow cooker chicken tortilla soup. That sounds so good right now. (laughs) I know. Anybody else hungry? Like even if you're just eight, you're like, oh yeah, now that you say that. I'm definitely on the back end now, just about to cross into a back end of the first trimester, about to cross into the second trimester where everything sounds so good all the time. (laughs) That's such a great place to be because in the first trimester, there's like nothing nothing. that sounds good except for McDonald's McChickens. Which, you I mean, know, I have had a few up so far. I have too. That's why I can say it. We bought in this make. I mean, I'm not even sure it counts as food, you know, right. but somehow it gets you through. I ate so many McChickens every first trimester of my children. It was ridiculous. They will get you through. That's for sure. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. Rebecca, how about you? Well, I was so impressed with myself when I was looking back at my awesomes of the week because I feel like every single one was a winner. But Good. the one that stood out above the rest was only from this past November in episode 169, and that is the TV series A Younger that you can find on Hulu. You guys, I can't get enough of this show. I raved and raved about it. On episode 169, so I'm going to try to refrain from saying all those same words here now again, but just a very (laughs) brief recap is that Liza is in her 40s, she's having trouble getting a job, so she pretends to be in her 20s, she ends up getting the job and dating a guy also in his 20s who believes that she is, in fact, younger, and then it just goes on to explore all those relationships and all the nuances of a... I say this gently, an older woman pretending to be younger. (laughs) Thank you for being gentle, for your graciousness, Rebecca. So season one and two are just really fun. But again, you guys, the real good stuff starts to come in season three. I feel like this show is heavy on the relationships and the romance, but yet it is still really light and fun. And guys, I am declaring this my best binge since Gossip Girl. And I am not, yeah, I'm not hearing enough people talking about this show. So you all need to watch it. It, There is a plot line that I'm refraining from talking about that is so riveting, but I don't want to have any spoilers in this. Guys, if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about, and I need to know your thoughts. I need to know all the thoughts about this. It's so riveting. Oh, my word. Okay, you have to watch. Younger on Hulu. So great. Okay. When it comes to (laughs) picking my awesome of the year, you guys, I have over 50 that I have to go back. And yeah, you know, honestly, Rebecca, I'm kind of like you. I was going back through the list and I was like, oh, that was so good. Oh, that was great. I still love this. This was so hard for me to narrow down. I wanted to give you like five. I was like, that is not the spirit of awesome of the year. So that's an ENFP thing where we're like, nope, nope, we're just not going to choose. We're going to say, here's the array of awesomes of the week. So you did, you limited it to one? 
for the most part, I have an honorable mention. <laughs> okay, fist I have some honorable mentions on the head. <laughs> warning, warning. Yeah. Okay, so I did go back. I really thought about what not only has been awesome this year, I tried to think about what is really going to continue to be awesome in my life. So the one that I settled on is that favorite maxi skirt from Garnet Hill. I don't know if you all remember, I did talk about this back in episode 150. That episode was Faves and Fails of Summer 2018. And in that Awesome of the Week, I told Rebecca and all of you awesomes about how I had had that skirt. Again, it's a maxi skirt. It's from the company Garnet Hill. I'd had that skirt pinned on Pinterest literally for years. And this past summer, I finally, finally bought it. The thing that had kept me from going ahead and clicking buy on that skirt for all these years that I've been lusting after it was the price tag. It's $88. I was just like, oh, I don't know. Could a skirt really be that great? It is. It is so awesome. (laughs) Yay. Now, yay, exactly. Actually, they went on sale this summer. They were like half off. So I bought the original one and then I bought two more when they were on sale. I love it so much. Wow. Yeah. What I didn't know at the time is that that stretchy waistband and the like really loose cut of the skirt would be perfect as a transitional skirt to wear as I'm moving out of regular clothes into maternity clothes. So that was a total happy accident because I can absolutely still wear it right now. That skirt is so well made. The cut is so flattering. I genuinely get compliments on it every time I wear it. In fact, Kyle has even noticed like Literally, women will stop me, total strangers, and be like, that skirt is so cute. (laughs) And Kyle's like, does this happen like every time you leave the house? (laughs) When I'm wearing that skirt, it totally does. So anyway, again, it's the Garnet Hill favorite maxi skirt. It is truly fantastic. I can see it because it is so well made. Like I said on that original segment, it's fully lined. It just is cut so well. I can absolutely see me wearing this throughout the next year, certainly, you know, as I'm again, transitioning from maternity clothes back into regular clothes. It's great. I love it so much. I've been wearing it even right now with leggings to keep my legs warm under it, but it's been perfect. So the runner up is truly, and this is another clothing related one, that woven subscription I got for Kyle. I even mentioned it on our gift guide this year. I think it really stands out for me because my husband is so hard to shop for, especially for clothes. He's so picky, picky about clothes, but he loves these t-shirts. He loves that he does not have to make a decision. He had, there's no decision fatigue involved here. The shirts are really soft and very interesting. You're never really going to run into somebody out in public wearing one of these shirts. They're so unique and so different. He has loved them. So I'm going to drop a link into the show notes for this episode again, even though I've talked about it a few times now, that woven t-shirt company and their subscription setup is very, very awesome. So good stuff all around. Like I said, at the top of the show, if you need a refresher, like what have they talked about that was awesome this year? We have links for every single one of our awesomes of the week throughout the year in our show notes. So we're going to have a really special edition of Awesome of the Week on our sort of awesome social media channels this week on Instagram and in Facebook, because you know we have got to hear what your awesome of the year was this year. So if you haven't already, come find us over on Instagram. We're at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram, and we would love to have you in our Facebook community over on Facebook. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Hey, awesomes, it's time for Out With The Old and In With The New. And you can do that by shopping all of the hottest trends without breaking the bank at ShoeDazzle.com. At ShoeDazzle, you can get 30% off of retail as a ShoeDazzle VIP. ShoeDazzle is the club for the shoe obsessed, but it's not just shoes. Millions of women say ShoeDazzle is their one-stop shop for all things trendy, including clothing, accessories, and handbags. So whether you're looking for something cozy comfy like their drawstring sweatshirt dress or maybe you're in the mood for something a little bit more daring like their oversized biker jacket you can find it all at shoe dazzle plus boots booties sweaters jeans everything you need for winter you can shop as a guest or become a vip 
let me tell you that the VIP membership is by far the best way to go. VIPs save 30% off of retail prices all day, every day. Plus, you get free shipping and returns. And we VIPs have access to tons of other exclusive sales and perks. When you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz so Shoe Dazzle can personalize your shopping experience. Don't forget to select VIP membership at checkout. It's a flexible membership, so each month you can choose to shop or skip. Shoe Dazzle releases hot new styles every week, so you'll never wonder, what should I wear again? And awesomes, if you go to shoedazzle.com slash awesome now and sign up as a VIP, you'll get 50% off of your first order. That's shoedazzle.com slash awesome to get half off of everything on the site. Do it today. The hottest styles sell out fast. Shoedazzle.com slash awesome. Okay, you guys, let's talk 2018. Every year, we love to take a look back on the year, really looking at kind of just doing a big deep dive into pop culture from the year, the things that we really loved, that we read, that we were watching, things that we listened to in the past year. So Rebecca, why don't you kick us off with talking about all of your best of reading from 2018? I am very proud of myself because I have saved this book for our year-end show. And that oh is my. really hard to do. There yes. were plenty of times where I wanted to talk about it on the show. But the book is What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. Yeah. Yes. Now, this is not a new book. And she's not a new author. This book was published in 2009. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm late to the party here. But the concept <laughs> behind the book is the protagonist, Alice. She's 29 years old. She is married to the love of her life. She is pregnant with her first child. And then she loses consciousness. And when she wakes up, it's actually 10 years later. And she has forgotten everything that she has lived and experienced in the last 10 years. So here she is, 39 years old, on the verge of getting a divorce. She has three children. And she doesn't remember any of it. This book was so riveting. It's fiction, right? Is that obvious? Have I did I not say that? Yes. This is a fiction novel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept thinking about what would this look like in my own life? What would it look like to have lost the last 10 years of my own marriage, the last 10 years of motherhood, the last 10 years of grief? and hardships, but also of the joy and of the celebrations. And what would my younger self think of me here at my current age? So following Alice's journey was one aspect of the book that was really just extremely riveting. But then the thought process that I kept having about my own life was also another very fascinating aspect to this book. It really was a very fun, good, delightful, yet insightful read. And I would highly recommend it. Again, it's called yeah. What Alice Forgot. I, I personally have not read that book, although I have heard people talk about it for years. And I do think that the thing that people, especially women, really love about that book is that it does make you think about and examine your own life and imagine like you just said, what that would be like to lose 10 years and the, you know, sort of insights about your life that come to mind as you read that. So I'm really proud of you for hanging on to that. It is very hard to hang on to a favorite all the way to the end of the year. So yay you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Good you. Job. I'm proud of myself. Okay, Kelly, how about you? Okay, so if I looked back over my list, and you guys, this is the very first year in my life, at least my adult life, that I have ever kept a list of the books that I've read. So here's what has happened, if anybody would be interested in this. Because when I had young children at home, I barely read. I just did not spend my free time that way. I am kind of notoriously picky about fiction. And so I did not know what to read. It was overwhelming. If I had a little bit of free time, I usually was on social media. End of story, right? I read magazines. I read a few nonfiction books that came to my attention. I would say because of this podcast and Laura Tremaine and talking about reading, I used to think that reading and book clubs and that sort of thing was all about fiction books. And so I thought I'm not interested. So, right. you know, come to find that there are a lot of people who read nonfiction, that that counts 
in the book club <laughs> yeah. mentality. You know, like I used to think it didn't count. Like they'd be like, oh, I don't want to read that. I want to read a story. So it's kind of revolutionized the way that I approach reading. And so for the last couple of years, I've read a little bit more and a little bit more. And last year in particular, our library doesn't have, for privacy reasons, a record of anything that you've ever checked out. So I like I would be like, oh, I read that book. What was it? And there was no way for me to find it, you know? Really? So I was yeah. like, I've got to keep my own record. So because of that, I can now tell you that I've read almost 40 books this year. <gasps> Kelly Quinn! I, I am so proud of you. That's amazing. It's especially amazing considering that the biggest chunk of my reading, unless I'm really into a fiction book, and that's why I don't read much fiction is because it takes over my life. Yes, yes, yes. I always, always, always read before bed. Like it doesn't matter how late it is. I have to read. So sometimes it's a half a page before my eyes cross. So the fact that I could get through 40 books, even with my eyes crossing before bed is kind of amazing. But I would say when I looked back over the list, the books that stood out to me the most were kind of this spiritual awakening memoir sort of books. Sure. Yes. The one that I loved the most, in fact, bought, which is a very high bar for me because I like to check books out of the library. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm actually going to buy something, it's because I think I'm going to read it several, several times. Right. With Barbara Brown Taylor's An Altar in This World. I just discovered Barbara Brown Taylor last winter. You guys, I literally, many of you are like, where have you been? <laughs> I have been apparently in the land of raising young children where I don't read books. So I read all of her books last winter, but that was the one that spoke the most to me. And I think it was because the subtitle, it's called A Geography of Faith. So in this book, she writes about her faith journey and how she came to go from being a pastor of an inner city church to a small church in the state of Georgia. And then eventually she talks about how the concept of place impacts who we are, who we're becoming, and for sure our faith. And I loved that. Even though I have only really been to Atlanta to drive through, you know, much less the outskirts of Georgia, the state of Georgia, I don't have a whole lot of personal memories of that place. I resonated with what she was talking about, about how a place and how living in the city is different than living in the country and what that does to your soul. And I think it probably spoke to me because it is what I'm learning right now. You know, the Christian and the deep practices of meditation and stillness and silence and those sorts of things have become to mean a lot to me this year. So my book reading reflects that. If I may, as an ENFP, give an honorable mention to fiction, if people like fiction The ones that I read this year, now I read Crazy Rich Asians and it was super fun. So that's fun. But that doesn't really count. The movie is fun too. Yeah. Two books by Sean Smucker that I finally, finally read this year. A fiction series that he's working on. The third book will come out soon. I think maybe, I'm not sure if it's 2019 or 2020, but it's called The Day the Angels Fell and The Edge of Over There. So those are the two books that are released right now in the series. You guys, this is, I don't know, Meg, have you read them? I'm trying to think of how to describe them. Kind of fantasy, a little bit of distress. Would you say dystopian? Maybe not. I don't know if I would call it dystopian, but definitely fantasy, kind of in the sort of YA realm, in the sense that the protagonist in the story unfolds at a time when they're young. young. Right. But it's got that great, it doesn't have to be a book for young people. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So even though you guys, it is a YA book, and if you have a teenager or even maybe a preteen, if they read at a higher level... This would be a great book for them yes. because it explores themes of faith and living and dying, and, but does it in this kind of fantastical way. Right. Um, so I don't want to give too much away, but those really gave me so much to think of. You know, they were like nourishing, yes. nourishing fiction read. And Sean yes. is a wonderful writer. So you can really get lost in them and it gives you lots of things to think about. I absolutely agree with that recommendation. Those are fantastic. And Genuinely, I mean, as an adult, of course, I I do love YA as a genre, yeah, but me too. They're fantastic. So yes, I mean, it's too late for gift buying right now because <laughs> at the end of the year. But so really, if you're thinking about if you like to give books as gifts, these are good ones to give. I feel like in the actual physical copy because they are the kind of books that you're going to want to go back and revisit those characters and the story for sure. So, okay, you guys confession time. I did not do a lot of heavy lifting with my reading this year. Now, not by coincidence. Also this year, I did not do a reading challenge. Mm. I've done reading challenges the past few years. I didn't do one this year. 
what I discovered is that me, queen of the obligers, I need a system (laughs) to keep me in check. When it comes to my reading or else I just don't do it, apparently. Well, that's not true. I have read, I read a lot of light, fluffy, inconsequential, ultimately, reads this year. Also, as I was making notes to myself, I realized there's a reason for this. And when we get to the sort of listening category, I'm going to circle back. But I just didn't do a lot that's like really that I would be like, you guys, from 2018, you must know that this was the book. Also... (laughs) It's worth mentioning that in the wake of my confession about my library book problem (laughs) from, (laughs) yes, Rebecca's like, I can't wait. What are you going to say? I'm on pins and needles. Well, Rebecca solved my problem for me. She literally called Oklahoma City Public Library System, (laughs) explained (laughs) the situation. And they were like, yeah, we cap our fines at $3. (laughs) So that solves that mystery. Now, have I been yet? No, that is on my schedule for (laughs) this week to go back so that we can load up on library books to get us through Christmas break. So my family and I, we were driving to the cabin for the weekend and my husband and I were listening to the episode and we got to this part in the confessions episode, the year end edition, where you were talking about this library crisis. And I got all overwhelmed and stressed out all over again. I stopped the episode right there and I did a Google search, Oklahoma City Public Library System, and called the first number on the list. And I was like, this is, this is going to be a weird phone call for you. It's weird for me, but I have this friend. I have a friend who lives in fear. She's like, put herself into a cave. She's too... She's too ashamed to ask herself. So please tell me, (laughs) what is your policy? And she was so professional. She did not Uh act like I was a crazy person, which surely (laughs) she told all of her coworkers about later. (laughs) Yeah, it's just $3. I'm I'm so happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so relieved. Not only did Rebecca do that, which was Amazing and like one of the more awesome moments of 2018 for me. <laughs> also, tons of awesomes, especially who live now or have lived in Oklahoma City, messaged me and were like, Girl, get your life together. <laughs> it's three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, all of that is to say in 2019, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more reading and I'm going <laughs> to do a reading challenge. <laughs> Probably going to do Ann Bogle's reading challenge. I have not done hers before, but people do love the ones that she puts together every year. So there's that. But I did want to talk about a reading adjacent moment that happened in 2018 that was genuinely one of the highlights of my whole entire year. And I can't believe I haven't talked about it on the show. But I have to tell you that, again, reading adjacent highlight of the year was I got to meet Rainbow Rowell. And... Yes, this was back in September that this happened. She came and did an author event at a town in Western Oklahoma. And I know I haven't talked about it on the show, but I did talk about this on the episode that I was on of the Currently Reading podcast. That is an amazing. If you really want the goods on all of the good reading in 2018, go look up Currently Reading. It's hosted by two awesomes, Katie and Meredith. I was on their show in episode nine, and I told this story then. But so Rainbow Rowell. I've talked about her multiple times on Sort of Awesome because she's one of my very, very, very favorite authors. You may know her from probably her most well-known book is Eleanor and Park. She's also written Attachments, Fangirl, Carry On, which was my Awesome of the Week way, way, way back in episode 42. Anyway, she came to Oklahoma. And so Dr. Kara Pence, who shares my deep love and affection and enthusiasm for Rainbow Rowell, she was like, we've got to go. And so she came through Oklahoma City with another awesome name, Allison. We headed out west of Oklahoma City. We stopped. The town that Rainbow Rowell went to was so teeny tiny that there's like literally no restaurants that are open after like six (laughs) o'clock. So one of our superstar awesomes, Carissa, messaged me and she was like, hey, we live in Weatherford, which is a very close town. She's like, just if you have time, stop through town and we'll go out to dinner. So we got to meet Carissa and Angie and Sarah, who are other awesomes and had a great dinner. But we went over to this middle school auditorium 
I was like, it was so surreal because here's Rainbow Rowell, who to me is the like one of the ultimate celebrities that you could ever meet or encounter. She's in this teeny tiny town in Oklahoma in this middle school auditorium. She came out and gave an amazing talk. She was charming and funny and super, super smart, totally honest, very real. She, of course, talked about the writing process and publishing. She also just talked a lot about just kind of being a human in the world and going after what you want, even if it takes years and years, not apologizing for the space that we take up in the world. Kara and I were sitting next to each other. We were practically like holding hands and crying the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) It was just truly an amazing and magical night. I did share a little bit about it on the sort of awesome Instagram in the stories. Mm -hmm. So I think it's captured in our highlights over there. So you can go and check that out. But you guys, if you ever have a chance to meet somebody, I think particularly an author who means something to you, I absolutely say, go for it, make it happen. Interestingly, in her talk, Rainbow Rowell acknowledged that it can be kind of a risk that she herself has met authors who are super influential in her life and that Kind of turned out to be a bummer moment because they weren't quite the person that she thought they were going to be. But I have to say from having had this experience that it's worth the risk to just show up and do it. It was a truly magical night. And even to this day, this was back in September. Sometimes Kara and I will just text each other out of the blue and just be like, remember when we met Reba Rao? so sweet. It was so great. And she stayed and signed copies of books. There was a little bookstore that brought stacks and stacks of Rainbow Rowell books and she stayed and signed and it was just a great night. It was so fun. So anyway, that was definitely a reading highlight from 2018 for me. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about watching. What have we watched in 2018 that was memorable that we want to make sure the awesomes know about? Rebecca, let's start with you. Okay, so the awesome of the year, Younger on Hulu. Again, watch it, please, people, watch it. (laughs) But so that I have something else to talk about, how about I talk about The Resident? This was my awesome of the week in episode 133. It premiered in January of 2018. And season one was my awesome of the week. But I also have to say that season two, which came out and started this fall, is just as good, if not even better. I would say that season one is all about power and season two also has some of those elements, but it feels like it's more about relationships. And I would go so far to say second chances. So we're talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about second chances within family dynamics. The villains that were in season one are shifting and there's some second chances happening in that aspect, too. It was really a powerful medical drama. It's so good. So good. So it's on CBS, but you can watch it then next day or binge it all on Hulu. So I mostly watched it. I didn't watch it in real time. I mean, I watched it in real time, but I didn't watch it on my television. I would watch it the next day or the next week on Hulu. But my honorable mention goes to season 20 of Big Brother. Oh, this reality (laughs) TV show, it has my heart in some of the best ways. Oh my goodness. This was the best season of Big Brother since Dan came back in BB14. Oh my goodness. I loved it so much. So what I liked about it was excellent, amazing gameplay. Blind sides happening left and right. Every week, the house was split on the eviction votes, which was incredible because sometimes the house all kind of figures out who everybody's voting for. And then it's a unanimous vote again and again and again. And that is so boring and not at all fun. But this, oh my goodness, I just love this season so much. This past summer, Kara Pence. Oh my goodness. Why I know. Are we talking Kara's, about Kara so Kara's name is popping up a lot. She's a superstar. <laughs> so Kara Pence and I hosted an extra awesome dedicated to Big Brother and we made some predictions and I thought it would be fun just to look back at what some of my predictions were <laughs> for this season of Big Brother. I voted Sam. Now, this isn't going to mean anything to anybody who hasn't watched the show, but <laughs> those of you who have, you're invested. I know you are. Okay. Sam 
most likely to overplay at the beginning, which couldn't have been further from the truth since she was actually turned into a robot and then turned out to actually really hate the game and was constantly talking about wanting to self-evict. I voted Tyler most likely to be voted out first. Guys, he got second place, and honestly, he should have won. I, I mean, I was so totally wrong about Tyler. Angela, I voted most likely to be in a showmance, and ding, 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 that's the one I got right. Except, of course, the showmance was with Tyler and not with Scotty, as I had predicted would be fun. And then I voted Rachel most likely to win. And no, that that was never going to happen. But... Overall, season 20 of Big Brother was just phenomenal this past year. Loved every second of it. Okay. I don't know anything that you just said, except that I <laughs> I heard you say that somebody wanted to self-evict, and I was like, is that an option? I'm totally, <laughs> totally going to incorporate that phrase into my life. When things get rough, I'm going to be like, I just, I want to self-evict right now. Or it would be like to your kids when they're having a bad day, like, son, you should self-evict yourself to your room before I I evict you. Choose to self-evict right now. Yes, exactly. I just wish I got excited about anything as much as Rebecca gets excited about reality TV. I know. I get so excited about reality TV. I mean, that's, yeah, that will be on my TV. It is. It is her purest and truest passion, for sure. For sure. I love it. Okay. Kelly, what about you? What did you watch that was worth noting in 2018? So you know me. I would like to say that I had a watching adjacent moment. Okay, good. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I I love when you said that. You're like, well, here's the best thing I've read is a reading adjacent moment. (laughs) I was like, very nice, Meg Teets. Way to pull it out. Way to pull it out. My watching adjacent moment would be like fully the laundry eating popcorn. Um, (laughs) Actually, I did watch two shows, you guys. The biggest one for this year for me, this is not a new show. It's called Meet the Goldbergs. It's still airing on ABC. I'm watching it on Hulu because I'm catching up. My sister, bless her heart, who listens to the show, has been recommending this show to me for at least two years, like once a month. She'd be like, have you started watching Meet the Goldbergs yet? You would love it. She was right. She should be the boss of me. She is the boss of me lots of times, even though she's younger. It's how younger sisters roll sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It is a show about, it's a family sitcom set in the 1980s. So if you are of a certain age, there will be lots of memories in this show. Lots of little quirky moments from the 80s, whether it's music, fashion, or moments that happened in that era. But really, what makes it the best is just that it's one of those family sitcoms, right? It's a mom and a dad. It's three siblings, older sister, the brother, the youngest brother, who is kind of telling it all through his point of view. It's that family relationship that's super fun. The mom is, as they kind of somewhat affectionately call her, a smother. She -hmm. loves them so much, you know. And what's happened is I have started to watch this, especially with my teenage son, who will come in to say goodnight to me and I'm folding the laundry, watching a show, and he'll just sit there and watch with me for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've gotten all of these new family lines from it. You know, like she calls all of her kids smoochies and other like little gross terms of endearment. So now I'm always doing that to my to my teenagers. It's super fun. They're like, they Mom. love it. I'm like, I just want to love you. I grew you in my tummy. <laughs> they love that too. And yes. also nerd punch. Like that's one time somebody was doing something and one of the siblings turned to him and they were like, nerd punch. Like that is so dorky. Quit saying that as only a sibling can do. So yeah. that's become like a whole thing in our family. Totally. <laughs> when someone's just being annoying, we're like, nerd punch. And we punch them on the arm. So it's great for that. It's great for family lines, for family bonding. It will make you laugh. I don't know how many seasons it's got now on. It's obviously a hit for a reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other show that I kind of just recently stumbled upon, and I have to give an honorable mention to because I think there might be people like me who did not know that it's available now on Amazon Prime is The Newsroom. Oh, right. Yeah. The Newsroom was on HBO back, I don't know, three, four, maybe five years ago now. And I wanted to watch it back then because obviously I have some experience in a newsroom, but it was on HBO and I didn't pay and I didn't want to pay, just didn't care enough. So now if you are a Prime subscriber, you can get it on Amazon and watch it. So I'm currently binging that. I'm in season two. I think there are only three seasons of the newsroom. 
But it's a great drama. It's really interesting if you care about media and how stories are told. And of course, because it's a drama, there's all sorts of personal relationship stuff that goes on. It's a very, I wouldn't say necessarily family friendly because they drop a lot of F-bombs, but it's a thought provoking Mm. sort of show to watch. Yes. So the newsroom is on Amazon Prime. So excellent. Okay. Well, watching for me in 2018, I don't feel like there was anything that was just like such a standout that I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that, you know, we got to cover that. But I will say that we watched Daredevil season three. This is sort of my, I'm going to give my honorable mention first, just in passing, I want to say we watched Daredevil season three. Daredevil is a series that was on Netflix that follows Matt Murdock, who is a blind lawyer by day who fights crime at night. It's part of the Marvel Universe. Season three was fantastic, I feel like. It really explores a lot of deeper themes about like justice, of course, with anything in a comic book universe that's going to be a big theme, but also just kind of exploring faith and belief and all kinds of really deep things in a very What I love about it is it's messy and complicated. It's not didactic. You don't feel like you're being preached to about like morality and stuff. It's very well handled and very well done. Sadly, Netflix did decide to cancel Daredevil after this season, which is a bummer because it was a fantastic show. But all three seasons of Daredevil are great if you haven't ever binged that. You don't even have to be like I dabble in Marvel Universe, mostly because my twins are obsessed with the Incredible Hulk and all things Avengers. Kyle really likes the Avengers. So I sort of dabble, like have a basic understanding of the Marvel Universe, but you do not have to have any kind of comic book affinity or uh, whatever. You could totally just pick up Daredevil and watch it as a standalone series. It's really great. But the one series that is really standing out to me, it actually just came out. And I was so glad that we had not recorded yet because I wanted to make sure I got to talk about The Innocent Man. This is a true crime documentary that just came out on Netflix. I didn't watch a lot of movies this year, you guys. (laughs) I'm just not good at movies, mostly because I usually like fall asleep halfway through. Um, But The Innocent Man just came out and it is based on a true crime nonfiction book written by John Grisham, the very well-known, mostly fiction writer who he writes a lot of legal dramas and legal thrillers like The Firm and Pelican Brief, The Rainmaker, all of those that I started reading in high school. Really, this was his like 20th book, 20 out of 40 books that he's written. But he was so captivated by the case of, um, well, actually a couple of cases that happened in Ada, Oklahoma. And so I think that I was really drawn to and found a lot of value and worth in this storytelling because I personally have a deep connection to Ada, Oklahoma. I went to middle school there years ago, obviously, and then went back to that community to go to college. And that's where Kyle and I met and had some wonderful college years there. So it tells the story of a woman in Ada named Debbie Carter, who was savagely assaulted and then murdered in her apartment. And then a few years later, another woman, Denise Haraway, was basically kidnapped from her place of business and murdered. And then the sort of pursuit of justice that happens after that, that ends with some wrongful convictions of four men, two men in each of these cases. What makes The Innocent Man really stand out to me, again, I have a personal attachment to these stories because of my close connections with this community, but what I feel like this documentary does that some true crime documentaries I feel like don't handle as well, and it's a reason why I had such a strong aversion to true crime for so long, is a lot of times they don't really tell the story of or focus on the victims of the crimes. It's almost always about like the perpetrators, their stories, what happens with their trials, their conviction. I mean, I was really resistant to even listening to Serial season one years ago because I just felt like it was so exploitative. I mean, a young woman was murdered and I don't know. And then I listened to it and I loved it. So I had my opinion turned around on that. But it's still a thing that I think about whenever it comes to true crime. But I will say that The Innocent Man, I feel like does a really good job of first and foremost, centering on the stories of these women, of the lives that they had been living, of the fallout and the trauma in their families, what their families have continued to experience, especially with Debbie Carter. 
It really, really follows her family story. Her mother plays a big role in this documentary. The trauma and anguish that they have experienced because of the overturning of the convictions of the two men who had gone to prison for her murder. I mean, the men that were convicted of that murder were very clearly and obviously innocent. But it just, again, it gets into the real messiness of this. And it really examines the fact that there is, I think at the end of the documentary, it talks about that 4% of the United States prison population is believed to, at this point, statistics say, have been wrongfully convicted. So anyway, it is really good. It's just six episodes. One thing that I think that they do really well, as opposed to a more sprawling documentary like Making a Murder, is they realized they like looked at the footage they had and they were really realistic about like, how many minutes of production do we have here? And so it doesn't just go on and on and on. It's six episodes. You can watch it over a weekend. And it's very powerful. I think it was really, really well done. This is not usually my favorite genre because it can be a little dark and upsetting, but I think that the storytelling in The Innocent Man is very remarkable. So, all right, that's our watching category. Let's move to our last category where we talk about the things that we have been listening to. I think all of us on the team are big listeners of things, as you may have guessed by our very frequent podcast recommendations and audiobooks that we're loving and those types of things. So Rebecca, why don't you kick us off in this category? What is notable From your listening, what did you have going in your earbuds this past year? Well, I have a couple things to share, but hands down, the most important thing that I listened to all year was The Smartest Person in the Room, the Bias series. Yes. (laughs) Previous co-host, Laura Tremaine, joined up with her good real-life friend, Yasmeen Dunn, to really conquer, talk, discuss issues of race in America. And you guys, I cannot recommend this podcast. I I just can't recommend it enough. I learned so much. It felt like all of the questions that I had, Laura was answering. All the questions I didn't know I had, Yasmin was answering. It is hands down the most important piece of audio that I have listened to in the entire year. I don't tend to listen to a lot of inspirational podcasts or serious podcasts, heavy podcasts, even podcasts that are educational. I tend to go to my podcast for escape and just something light and funny You know, I love a good recap, as we were talking about in our (laughs) Confessions episode. So it's not my tendency to tune into this kind of podcast, but I am so glad that I did. White people, you have to listen to this podcast. I mean, that's bottom line. That's it. If I, who prefer to listen to the Bachelor recaps in my earbuds, choose to listen to the smartest person in the room bias series and I'm telling you that this is a must listen please believe me it is a must listen white people you have to listen to this audio. I'm so glad you mentioned that I was as I was looking back through show notes I realized we've talked about it a few times even on this show this year I'm so glad I had not heard your thoughts on it that concisely Rebecca I'm so glad that you listened to it and that you have such a strong recommendation I really do think that it is some of the most powerful audio of the year. And I'm, you know, I help with producing and doing back end work on Smartest Person in the Room. And it was definitely, it's really important stuff, big stuff. So, well, and to take things a little bit in the lighter direction, I will say that an honorable mention goes to the podcast Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow. Now, this is a previous Bachelor and Bachelorette contestant, and she did a two part series with Chris Harrison that was so fascinating. This came out in March of 2018. So if you're going back to look for it, it's Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow and the podcast title is Live from the Wine Cellar with Chris Harrison, part one and two in March of 2018. She is so vulnerable 
in this episode and really kind of talks about some of the like behind the curtain things that you just don't normally hear about the contestants talking about with the show and issues with production and things that happen after the production is done and issues that she had and she talks about feeling a bit like an outcast in bachelor nation community it really was just a very unique look at the bachelor world i feel like we don't hear very much and then finally i would say that the last bit of listening that was really an awesome for me this year is a Pandora station that I customized. Does anybody still listen? Kelly to does. I feel like Spotify. That's is- not helping her, but <laughs> yes, I listen to. I mean, I listen to both Spotify and Pandora, but Pandora more. <laughs> yeah, Spotify seems to be like the cool, like hip kid, and Pandora is kind of like. <laughs> listen, I don't know. the views being expressed by Rebecca Hoffer do not represent sort of awesome media. <laughs> Meg loves Spotify. She's so good at it, too. (laughs) Well, you can find Sorta Awesome on both of these amazing platforms, Pandora and Spotify. (laughs) I love Pandora. I really do. I love them both. But I especially really like the ability on Pandora to pick one psalm and say, I want a whole station themed off of that and not having to come up with the psalms on your own. So... This past year, I listened to a station based off of the song Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. And previously, I had been in a season of life when I was listening to a lot of songs that talked about releasing fear. And I feel like I've moved more into a season of finding comfort and declaring the goodness of God. And here's a clip of Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need before we say a word. And this has been really, really comforting for me to declare the goodness of God, even in times when I am not feeling as confident in the goodness of God, when I'm experiencing a little anxiety or doubt or even some of that fear is coming back in. It's been this slight shift for me and like what I've been listening to. Previously, the past few years, I was listening to a station that was based off of the psalm, No Longer Slaves, which talks a lot about releasing fear. And so this switch to Good, Good Father by Chris Tomlin, I think is really, it's just important to me. And it just had to be said is one of my awesomes of the year was this shift in listening to this Pandora station. So great. Thank you for that, Rebecca. Kelly, how about you? I would say that the podcast, A Slow Burn, that Slate made, there are two seasons that you could listen to. And I think I listened to both of them in 2018, even though the first season of Slow Burn started to come out about this time last year. The first one was about Watergate. It was a look back at Watergate and the quirky things that happened then and the day-to-day. And even, I'm sure most of us probably weren't alive to be paying attention to the news back when Watergate happened in the late 60s, early 70s. But so it's, first of all, an education. Second of all, it really does kind of relate to today in so many ways. What it's like to live through a time when everything feels very tumultuous in the government, in the media, all these things that break, breaking news daily It was just like that back then. I think for me, it was somewhat not only fascinating, but comforting to realize that, hey, this isn't something brand new, like what we're living through right now, where it feels so uncertain and chaotic. I think we probably have taken it up a notch, but still, it's not like we've never survived this sort of thing before. So that was super interesting. But the second season, which dropped this summer, was all about Bill Clinton and his impeachment trial. Same thing. Now, for that, I was actually in a newsroom. So I was alive. I was paying attention to the news during that thing. I learned things from this podcast that I either A, never learned correctly, or B, had completely forgotten. And again, taking history and putting it in perspective with current events, it's revealing. (laughs) 
Yes. Where we've come as a culture, how we got to where we are in both good and bad ways, you know, like how the Me Too movement has shaped when we look back at Monica Lewinsky. Just it was a really fascinating dive and, you know, one on one sort of conversations with people like even Linda Tripp. Mm -hmm. Um, She has like a whole long interview that she grants. So it's a very fascinating, great podcast for anybody who just wants to learn, I guess it is. I wouldn't say it's heavy, but it is, you know, serious. Yeah, right. Definitely. Like, I think you could probably, depending on some of them, obviously in season two, the sexual content is a little iffy for kids, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, even like just learning and realizing how history applies to today, I think can be really good for teenagers. I would not be surprised at all if some history or social studies teachers in high schools are starting to cue these guys up and say, we're just going to listen to this because, hey, it's not boring. It's not just names. It's like it affects where we are today. My runner up, if you want to talk about music, was I pay for Sirius XM in my car. And so this summer they had two months. It was supposed to go just one month and they went for two where they had a whole station that played 24-7 U2 music. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, my goodness, you guys. I had forgotten how much I adore this group and how many good songs they have over, what, 20, 30 years that they've been making music. So when you're playing 24-7, you get to play a lot of songs that have been forgotten. So my kids did not relish this. But every time we'd get in the car, they're like, oh, we're listening to you two (laughs) still. And I'm like, yep, you're just going to have to deal. So they extended it a month, which was wonderful for me. I think that they just got a lot of good feedback because they'll sometimes do like right now, I think they're doing Tom Petty, like a whole Tom Petty radio station. So it was so good, you guys. Don't you love it when you rediscover music that you used to love? And it's been so long, it kind of feels fresh again. Yes. So the music of U2 definitely marked my 2018. Love that. Okay. Well, speaking of music, this was one of my awesomes of the week. It was truly an awesome of the year that Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats album, Tearing at the Seams, that came out last spring. I have listened to that continuously on repeat. It holds up. It's amazing. I talked about, I can't even remember. I should have dug back and gotten the episode number (laughs) for you guys. Um, I'll go back and look for it where I talked about it. But just as a reminder, I love Nathaniel Rateliff. And this particular album calls to mind 60s and 70s, a little bit of rock, a little bit of soul. It's fantastic. It's highly listenable to, I know I'm going to still be listening to it in 2019. My favorite tracks on that album are Hey Mama. It's a fantastic song that will definitely stick in your mind long after you've listened to it. Also, You Worry Me and Still Out There Running are fantastic tracks on that album. So just have to say that again, definitely a highlight music wise for me in 2018. I also have Slow Burn Season 2 on my list, Kelly, because it is so compelling. I was in college probably, yeah, I think it was like a newlywed when the impeachment trial started in 98. So, you know, I was old enough to understand what was happening in the news coverage that was coming out. It was very, very powerful to revisit and re- kind of examine the different people who are involved, the different angles of the story. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Slowburn Season 2 came out sort of in the same time frame that the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation mm-hmm. hearing was going on. And of course, with Me Too, like there's so many current conversations in our culture that listening to what was happening and what the commentary was at the time of the Clinton impeachment trial, I still don't even feel like I've processed out how wild it was to go back and revisit that. And I will say this too. I feel like that they did a really good job of just being super honest. I feel like it was a really unflinching look at that whole thing that happened with his impeachment trial. So if you have not listened to it, I do highly recommend it. Another very well-known podcast that came out with a new season this year is Serial. They came out with season three where Sarah Koenig and the serial team do a deep dive into the justice system, particularly centered around Cleveland, Ohio, and then some of the communities outside of Cleveland. This kind of circles back to the innocent man looking at our justice system where there's breakdowns in justice, where I don't even know what to say. I think for people who have been tuned in to the bigger conversation in our country about what's going on with law enforcement and the justice system in our country. I don't think there was anything like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this stuff happens if you've already kind of read books about this or watched documentaries about it. 
But I do think that for a lot of serial listeners, this may be brand new information. And I feel like they did a pretty great job of covering a big topic that has a lot of rabbit trails. They kind of really focused it in to one season. And I think this is why I said I was going to mention this. I think this is why my reading was really light this year, because I feel like I listened to a lot of deep and like you said, maybe weighty, thought provoking things via podcast this year and certainly working on the bias series in smartest person in the room. I mean, there's just a lot of issues. And I guess I tend to take in my experience of these issues more via podcast than in books these days. Now, a little bit lighter topic that if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend is a podcast called The Dream. One trend I'm seeing in podcasting, it certainly didn't start this year, but I saw a lot of these things happen this year is where a production company will come out with a limited run series. So rather than something like Serial, which has season after season, but it's all under the Serial umbrella, a production company will just put together like one standalone series. And The Dream is like that. It's put out by a production company called Little Everywhere. It's in partnership with Stitcher. And it examines the whole history and current thing, phenomenon that is multi-level marketing. So like your network marketing companies like Pampered Chef and 31 Bags and the essential oils and all of those things. And it sort of goes back and forth between talking about what it's like to be involved in multi-level marketing right now in 2018. And it goes all the way back to the beginnings of this mode of marketing, this business plan, this business model, I guess you could say, going back to like Tupperware days. And even before that, Tupperware parties, I can remember my mother going to Tupperware parties when I was a kid, but going back even decades before that. And it does a fantastic job, I feel like, of looking at the intersection of what it means to be a woman in America and economics and opportunity. There's some strong, you know, like feminist examination of what's going on in these companies. It's really good. I feel like even if you're somebody who enjoys and is part of a company that has this business model, I feel like you could totally listen to it and not be offended by it. I feel like they're very compassionate in their view on what's going on in these companies and in the culture of these companies. It's just really great. It's called The Dream. I haven't talked about it on the show. This is one of those, like Rebecca, I was just kind of waiting for like the year end show to be able to talk about it. Really interesting production, compelling episodes. So I definitely recommend that one. So, oh my goodness, you guys, we always have so many words about our favorites for the year. So Rebecca and Kelly, thank you so much for gathering these lists to share with the awesomes of all of our good stuff for the year. You know, as I said at the top of the show, I am so genuinely in the depths of my heart thankful for the space that you guys, the awesomes, have given us to create the year of the awesome. I know I've learned so much about myself. I've learned so much about life in general, about community, about our awesome community specifically. In the sort of like noisiness, in the headlines every day, it is so easy to get overwhelmed by the darkness and the brokenness and the very not awesome things, not only that are happening globally or like on a big national level, but sometimes it can just seem like things feel really tough in our own personal lives. And I know myself, sometimes it feels like all I do is go from putting out one fire to putting out the next to putting out the next. (laughs) And so with all that we have going on, the fact that you all were able to tune in and like not only listen, but also rise up and join us in this pursuit of becoming smarter, becoming stronger, becoming more social. It is so overwhelming how you really rose to the task of the year of the awesome. We, the Sort of Awesome team, we took a lot of risks with programming this year. You guys just hung right with us and you just keep on being an amazing community. And of course, we return to some of our old favorites and we love that you enjoy coming alongside us in our goofiness and our crazy, bizarre confessions too. (laughs) Rebecca, how do we always have so many? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. As we're recording this, like that episode has just been released and I'm still like (laughs) feeling overwhelmed by the response and the fact that I put that out there and all the things. Oh my goodness. So, well, it truly has been an awesome year and definitely a year to remember. So we have so much to look forward to in 2019. We are so thankful for your presence 
in 2018. I cannot wait to hear and learn more from each and every one of you in the year to come. So I'll say this on behalf of the Sort of Awesome team. Thank you for an amazing year with us. And we hope that you've had an amazing holiday season. Thank you so much for listening every single week. And we'll see y'all in the new year. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.